0: Getting important data off used IT devices is paramount to companies. So when data is wiped, how do we really, really know that the information is gone? And why not destroy it all anyway? Welcome to the circular future. I'm your host, Stephanie McLarty, Head of Sustainability at Quantum Lifecycle Partners. In today's episode, we're talking data destruction. In today's age, information security should be a top priority for organizations. When information is lost, it can be really, really bad for companies. There can be financial fines in the millions, brand damage that last years, In fact, about half of all small to medium businesses do not survive a catastrophic data loss. But there is so much we can do within our control from managing data well to ensuring information is properly sanitized when devices reach the end of their current life. Quantum uses industry leader Blanco Technology Group to wipe the data from IT devices we remarket so with me to answer common questions on this important topic is Lori Gadar from Blanco. Lori has advised customers in the technology space on lifecycle management and data erasure for 25
1: years. Welcome to the podcast, Lori. Thanks, Stephanie. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm so happy that you're here. We get
0: asked a lot of questions around data erasure, and I'm really happy to dive into those questions today. One of the big ones is really understanding the space around data destruction, data erasure, data sanitization. Is it all the same thing or are they different? What a
1: great question. Erasure, sanitization, are they the same thing? You know, data erasure and data sanitization are similar processes, but they're, they are not exactly the same thing. Data erasure is the process of permanently deleting data from a storage device, while data sanitization is the process of removing sensitive information from a storage device so that it can be reused or recycled. Data sanitization may involve data erasure, but it can also involve other methods of making data unreadable, such as encryption or physical destruction of the storage device.
0: Interesting. Okay, so there's a distinction there. Ultimately, it's about getting data off and unusable off of these devices, depending on what you're looking to do with it and what the next steps are. From a, a data loss perspective, I mean... I know I've known people who've had loss of data. It's something that we personally have either had it happen to us or we know people that have had to happen to them. For companies, how common has data loss been or how common of an issue is
1: it today? Data loss in breaches are unfortunately quite common for companies with you know millions of records being compromised each year. You know, it's really important for companies to take proactive measures to protect their data and, you know, their customers' data, yours and mine. Yeah, absolutely. So that it doesn't
0: doesn't get out there where we don't want it to get out there. Walk me through the process of how data erasure works. So, for example, when Quantum connects a laptop or computer to Blanco's technology, what
1: actually happens? You know, when data is erased, it is overwritten with random data or zeros to ensure that the original data cannot be recovered. This process can be done using specialized software, which can erase that data from a hard drive, solid state drive, or other storage device. You know, alternatively, physical destruction of a storage device can be used to ensure that the data cannot be recovered. The specific method used depends on the type of storage device and that level of security that's required.
0: So let's talk about physical destruction for a second. I think previously in the industry, there was more of an emphasis. People wanted their devices to be destroyed. I think we're starting to move away from that. Can you give us an idea of like how people would physically destroy data. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of ways to do it and probably some really you know, funny ways to do it.
1: Yeah, right. There's definitely some anecdotals I could share there. So physical, physically destroying a storage device, you know, it's really a more extreme method of data destruction than that data erasure or data sanitization. Because um, when a storage device is physically destroyed, it's rendered completely unusable and it's believed that that data is irretrievable. And I would say, just humor me for a moment and imagine, you know, thinking of your home, right? Imagine with me that dwelling is like that storage device or even a data center with all of the contents inside that home dwelling or that data. And when you wanna completely part ways with some of your contents, You're not going to physically, you know, burn down your home when you simply want to, those contents removed securely and safe, safely. Really the awareness is physical destruction can be expensive and it just may not be necessary in all situations.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that analogy of thinking of like your content, like a house and you don't need to burn down the whole house in so many circumstances, but how do you actually know that the data is gone when you wipe it through software because i think this is something that our listeners really wonder about they're responsible for ensuring their company's data is off the devices when when they're old or they're redundant they no longer need them but how can they be assured that it's actually gone
1: it's it's really about doing due diligence you know it's the 5p's right proper planning prevents prevents poor performance <laughs> a big one that i like is Inspect what you expect. And to be sure that the data is truly wiped, it's important to use a reliable data erasure method and to follow best practices for data destruction. And again, this may involve using specialized software to erase the data, physically destroying the storage device, or a combination of both. You know, it's also important to follow those manufacturer's instructions for data destruction, as you, you could come across different types of storage devices that may require different methods of data erasure. And then finally, you can confirm that the data has been erased by checking the storage device to ensure that it's no longer readable or by using a data recovery software to attempt to recover the erased data.
0: Hmm, interesting. Okay, let's let's unpack this a little bit because you said so much good there. I think my favorite part was inspect what you expect. In terms of these best practices, there are standards in this space. So walk us through what are the standards that that you know, if someone is an IT manager they're responsible for this, what are some standards that they should expect their service provider to use?
1: Yeah, definitely there are several standards. That are used to evaluate the effectiveness of data destruction methods, um, such as the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, um, which has their special publication 800-88, uh, the Common Criteria for Information Technology Security Evaluation. Uh, you also have the International Organization for Standardization, known as ISO, they're 27001. And, you know, these standards actually provide those guidelines for evaluating the effectiveness of data destruction methods and for ensuring that sensitive information is properly protected. You know, it's really important when you're choosing your data destruction method to consider these standards and then choose a method that meets the specific needs of your organization. We also have NAID. NAID stands for the National Association for Information Destruction. Um, It's a nonprofit organization. They set standards for secure data destruction they actually provide training, certification programs for companies that specialize in data destruction services. They also promote best practices for the secure destruction of sensitive information such as paper documents, electronic media, and hard drives. Um, it's key to note that NAID certification is recognized as a standard of excellence in the data destruction industry. Circling back to NIST, ISO, you you also have R2 and e-Stewards, right? These are all standards that provide guidelines for managing electronic waste and ensuring the security of sensitive information. Like there, are some key, there are some key differences between those, if I, if I may go on. NIST provides the guidelines for that data destruction methods and ensuring the security of sensitive information. It's a widely recognized one in the United States. Uh, the ISO 27001, they're going to provide guidelines for information security management systems, also ISMS, and is widely recognized standard worldwide. And then you have that R2, which stands for Responsible Recycling. It's a standard actually developed by the electronics recycling industry. Uh, They provide guidelines for the responsible management of electronic waste. And it also includes requirements for data destruction and for ensuring that that electronic waste is managed in an environmentally responsible manner. E-Stewards, yet another one developed by the electronics recycling industry. Um, provides that guideline, those guidelines for responsible management of electronic waste as well. They include requirements for data destruction, environmental responsibility, and social responsibility. Now, all of these standards address the issue of electronic waste and data destruction. They have different areas of focus, and it may be more appropriate for different organizations depending on their specific needs.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I know Quantum has the R2 standard, NAD AAA, and a number of other ones. But you're absolutely right. It's I guess it depends on what you're looking to do and, and finding the right provider for that. But coming back to like these are standards, but at the same time, the protection of personal information is also law. Right? Can you Indeed. tell us about what and i think there's a lot of organizations that operate internationally like what are some of the important laws that we should be aware of that speak to this data security and you need to manage your data well both like as you're actively using it and at the end of life of it devices
1: yeah to me this is super critical path you it's key to to understand the regulatory side right There's state, local laws, but these regulations and or laws, if you will. And I'll call out some some big ones in this space. So Sarbanes-Oxley, known as SOPS, it's a U.S. federal law. It was passed in response um, to a number of high-profile corporate accounting scandals, believe it or not. It was designed to actually just increase the transparency and accountability in financial reporting and to prevent fraud. Um, HIPAA, which stands for the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act and the Tech Act, the Health Information Technology for Economic and Clinical Health Act. Both US federal laws, they regulate the privacy, security of that healthcare information. They actually provide healthcare providers and other entities. They require that healthcare providers and other entities implement certain administrative, physical, technical safeguards to protect that confidentiality, that integrity, and the availability of electronic protected health information, or EPHI, which is so critical, since you know, the world of digital transformation. We're all more connected. We've been able to do these these teledoc, et cetera. Right. So having that freedom also comes much responsibility, and this helps those protections for you and I and yeah. everyone.
0: With freedom comes responsibility. Sorry, can you go back to that last acronym you use? EPHI. What does that e- stand for?
1: Yeah, electronic protected health information. Okay. And so it is a subset if you will, of the HIPAA high techs. Got it. And so
0: this would be American laws. In Canada, we have PIPEDA, the Personal Information Protection and Electronic Documents Act. There are a number of these laws globally, no matter where you're, you're operating in, as you say, with freedom comes responsibility to protect the data. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: There's even a few more if you want to just socialize these. You know, you've got the GLBA, another U.S. federal law, which is the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act. That's around the financial institutions. So it protects that privacy and security, again, of those customers' personal finance information, you know, PCI compliance, payment card industry security standards council, or PCI SSC Checks that credit card data. You know, that impacts all of us, right? This is our standards that in compliance that affect all of us. And then to even go further, you know, you think of end users, you've got the GDPR, which stands for that General Data Protection Regulation. It is a comprehensive data protection law that was adopted by the European Union in 2016, went to effect 2018, to give you some timeframes. And it regulates the collection, use, and storage of personal data of EU citizens, but it applies to all organizations that process this data, regardless of where they're located. So we can let that sink in for a minute. That is all impacting, (laughs) all. It literally gives back to you and I and everyone more control. You know, the individuals have more control over their personal data, and it actually requires organizations to implement certain technical and organizational measures to protect it. We literally have the right to be forgotten if we wish.
0: Interesting. And as a consumer, as an individual, we appreciate those laws. And I think as organizations and businesses, I mean, some of this can be downright scary about like the potential implications, right? And I know the Blanco CTO, Russ Ernst, wrote a book, Net Zeros and Ones. And one of the opening, in the introduction, he talks about how the US Securities and Exchange Commission fined Morgan Stanley 35 million for failure to protect customer data after the bank's decommissioned servers and hard drives were sold without the data being properly wiped and information got out there like there's some like really big implications to all of this so that being said now that we're sufficiently scared and we know that standards are an important part of finding a solution and you know, getting that assurance that data is removed properly. When organizations go through these re- refreshes of IT equipment, and generally at Quantum, we see it's every two to five years that they would do that. And often they use, here's another acronym, an ITAD company, IT <laughs> asset disposition. So having the right standards like R2, NIST, A ISO is important. What are some other best practices to look for in these IT asset disposition
1: companies? You know, great question. And and just before I, I springboard into that, just to touch on, you know, the last bit, you know, none of us are immune. None of us are immune. And that story is one of many. It just so happens it was publicized more widely in the public forum. There's many we don't hear about. I get letters as consumers, oh, we had a breach. It never makes public news, right? So at the end of the day, it's all about doing due diligence and inspecting what you expect. Um, And we're here to help each other. So now you IT asset disposition, ITADs as we affectionately call them. Yes. What a great question too. Best practices. There's quite a few. You know, IT asset disposition companies, they really play an important role in managing electronic waste and ensuring the security of sensitive information. And some best practices of these IT asset disposition companies that are promoting security and sustainability include providing secure data destruction services that meet industry standards, such as that NIST, ISO 27001, R2E Stewards, NAID, et cetera. Offering environmentally responsible disposal methods such as recycling, refurbishment, and or donation. Providing complete transparency throughout the disposal process, including detailed reports on the disposition of each device. Implementing strict security protocols to ensure that all devices are handled securely and that sensitive information is protected. Maintaining compliance with all relevant regulation standards, as we discussed, right, such as that general data protection regulation you know, or the Health Insurance Portability Accountability Act. Many more, right, depending on on where product's being processed and for whom. You know, and a big key part and what we're doing here today, and, and we're hoping this all resonates, is providing that ongoing education and training to both employees, customers, and to everyone. We want to promote that awareness of environmental and security issues related to electronic waste. I can get a little bit few more that kind of get more into the tactical, I'll say, white glove services we're seeing more of. That on-site data erasure, you know when I say on-site, going to the customer's site and providing that data erasure for those that are more data sensitive and risk averse. And then just the industry as a whole around the IT asset disposition processors. You know, they're looking to standardize on a standard. There's many that that have all their various focuses. And I believe you referenced Russ's book, and I would encourage anyone to go out and read it if you like to read and and educate yourself. He talks about some around that, right? IEEE is a world I came from the forward as the creation of electronics. There's a growing need to have a standard that is more all-encompassing with these electronics. And then another one that we're seeing that I I like this one having grown up in the electronics world is getting to the parts harvesting. So when that whole device is at a um or it's at below tech cut really looking at the sum of the whole, you know, are just as important as that whole device, right? To maximize that value recovery. And not just the obvious ones, right? The CPU, the memory, right? It's all the parts. And I believe there was a big lens from a supply chain perspective when we saw the bottlenecks and hard to get components on the front side of creation of electronics that it's it's just an ever growing connection being made back you know to how we can reuse and extend the life and now it's extending to the parts level.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing an increased focus on parts harvesting at Quantum. I personally come from the telecom space and we would have set top boxes, which the actual set top box was no longer usable, but there would be a hard drive in them, which stored your shows that could be harvested and wiped and then reused again for a different purpose. So, just there's so much more that we can do on that reuse side. Which brings me to the whole sustainability argument for this. Now, people couldn't see, but when we talked about at the very beginning around not destroying things about, you know, reusing assets, you made like a a thankful sign. (laughs) woohoo! And it's so true. We don't need to burn down the whole house in every certain every case. In fact, like it's probably a minority of cases that we need to physically destroy something. Have you seen the interest in the reuse side, like erasing data in order to reuse, remarket devices grow at Blanco?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. And just in general as well, you know, there's a definitely a growing interest in the sustainability aspects of ITS at disposition. More and more companies focusing on reducing their environmental impact. You know, they're really looking for ways to make their IT operations more sustainable. And IT asset disposition plays an important role in this effort. Uh, for example, ITAD companies can help businesses to recycle or refurbish their old electronics, reducing the amount of electronic waste that ends up in landfills. This, this helps conserve natural resources. It reduces pollution. Uh, in addition, ITED companies can help businesses recover value from their old IT assets, which can provide a financial benefit while also promoting sustainability, right, by reducing the need for new electronics. You know, overall, the sustainability benefits of IT asset disposition are becoming ever increasingly important to businesses and consumers alike. And I, we can expect continued growth in this area in the coming years.
0: Yeah, I believe so as well. We've launched sustainability reporting for our customers. And one of the things we can now do is tell them what are the the carbon emissions saved or avoided by simply reusing and recycling. And what's so fascinating by developing this calculator, we can see that it all depends on the product type. But by reusing something, you're saving seven to 21 times the emissions than over even recycling it. Like recycling is great, but what's even better for the environment is reuse. And it's depending on the product, seven to 21 times more emissions that are saved simply by keeping mm-hmm. products in
1: use. So powerful and impactful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as we wrap up this conversation, I always ask for one piece of advice that you would leave business leaders or managers with regarding this whole space of data security and destruction and sanitization because i feel like we've thrown a lot <laughs> at everyone here what's one piece of advice that you t- you'd advise them to take away
1: i say shift the mindset to growth be open stay curious fail fast and i say remember you're not failing it's what you're learning I would challenge thinking also about perceived, and I use the word perceived, competition intentionally. I feel there is no such thing as competition. We just haven't yet figured out how to best work together. And then if you don't know, ask. And my final, final, having grown up in this space, and to me, this is all encompassing from beginning to end and back again. And I'm speaking to you, my original equipment manufacturers that I affectionately love and worked so many years with, design with the end in mind. Ooh, design
0: with the end in mind. I love that. I also loved the inspect what you expect. That is classic too. Thank you so much, Lori. That was so insightful. Thank you. And remember, if you have used laptops, computers, or other IT devices with data to wipe, head on over to quantumlifecycle.com and contact us. We are your partner for a sustainable future. This is a Quantum Lifecycle podcast, and the producers are Sanjay Trivedi and Faiza Govani. We'll see you next time.